Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Big Blue Brothers Podcast. I'm Andrew. Steven joins me in I don't know, Shelbyville, Simpsonville, Shelby County, Kentucky. Uh, and we're just a couple of brothers talking about the Big Blue. Steven, how are you doing this morning? Doing all right, I guess. That's good. I'm glad you're doing all right. I really thought, because it's been a while since we've done this, first of all, I would like for everyone to know that it's your fault that it's been so long. Um, but uh, that, that's really all I had to say about that. But it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently we can only do podcasts whenever we lose games. Uh, so Apparently. maybe we shouldn't do a podcast anymore because it looked like Kentucky was on a good run. Like we had, what, seven wins in a row or something like that? Mm-hmm. And last night we dropped one to Tennessee. What happened? Like we were playing so well. And then we were up 17 in this game against Tennessee, and they come back and beat us. What happened? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think they just quit playing and – we have a point guard who is playing awful for the last month and a half, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, I saw two things very worrisome about um, Ashton Hagens. The one I saw, the other was just hearsay. But if you listen to the post game show at all, one of the callers to that second post game show with KSR said that um, he heard that Hagens refused to go back into the game uh, whenever Cal wanted him to go in. And Cal said either go in the game or go to the locker room. I don't know if that one's true, but he did seem to be just pretty upset during the game. There's a a video going around Twitter of him obviously saying to Richards probably like four times in a row, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, like just in between a play. And, I I mean, he wasn't – doing the best, I feel like there are other options besides him getting the ball. What are your thoughts on maybe there being some problems with the chemistry whenever it comes to Higgins and, and the rest of the team? Yeah, I think that uh, where he was telling him to give me the ball was right after Richards got the rebound and Higgins tried to take it from him. And they kind of fumbled it and the Tennessee player grabbed it and I think they ended up with a three or something yeah. well, um, was- late in that game. There was a Tennessee guy. I didn't understand what Higgins was doing because there was a Tennessee guy right there. So if you just, like, give Richards a second, pivot, then the guy will either have to go to Richards or to Higgins and pass it off and go through there for a minute. But that that just – he was confusing. He did have – I thought we were going to turn the game around when Higgins had that. He had come into the game and he hit a layup, Mm -hmm. which was surprising uh, because – Sometimes he doesn't finish super well, but he hit a layup and then immediately gets a steal with the ball coming back into play. Um, I thought that was going to be the turnaround, but obviously uh, did not end up turning out that way. Um, But Richards as well had his struggles. He got handled by that Fulkerson dude. It it was not. Yeah, I'm sick of watching that white dude dominate us. He really does. He, He looks like. And this is from a Tennessee fan that I watched the game with, so I'm not trying to be disparaging. But he looks like a middle schooler that, like, hit his growth spurt early. And he killed us. He had, like, 27 points or something. Career high. That's just insane. It And, and uh, EJ didn't do much better. I mean, he had, like, two points, I think, and a few rebounds. Oh, he played well. Yeah, it was just – an all-around bad game. Quickly, I mean, he still gave us, you know, 15 points or whatever, but it was on 5 of 15 shooting, and he had four turnovers. So it's just hard hard game to watch there. Um, 
Did you like anything that you saw from anybody? Uh, I mean, Maxie played well to start the game. Um, I thought Juzang was all right. Defensively, he kind of struggled, but that whole second half was just bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's just no getting around it. Yeah, and and I this is it's probably my fault again that we lost. Not only because we're doing a podcast and that seems to be a thing, but also because I watched the game with a Tennessee fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I literally because we were at like a community group thing with friends from church, and I almost said to this Tennessee fan during like the first half when we were up like seventeen. I almost said, hey, you know, we don't have to watch the rest of this if you guys don't want to because it was like we were up by so much and it didn't look like it was much of a game. And I'm glad I didn't say that because it turned mm-hmm. into me that we got our butts kicked. Um, but By the way, I just want to be known when everybody says I shouldn't go to games. I went to the game at Tennessee and we won. So, so really what you're saying is it's your fault because you didn't go to the game. Right. So everybody should send me money so I can go to the game from now on. Sounds great. Sounds great. I think that's a wonderful idea. Should definitely send you money. They can't send me money because I would need a plane ticket and the ticket to the game. And and that'd get a little expensive. So probably not a good mm-hmm. idea there. Yes. Um but yeah, Tennessee, I've never really cared a lot about Tennessee previously. Tennessee. Yeah, it never really meant anything to me, but now my my in-laws live in Tennessee, and they're not big sports fans, but like it's kind of like Grandma and Papa, how whenever something bad happens to Kentucky, then they say something about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, not the best. And then also half of the people that it feels like that I know at church, even though I live in Utah, are from Tennessee, and some of them are pretty big Tennessee fans. So it kind of sucks um, doing that. Also, this was the most embarrassing thing to me about the loss. Afterwards, I saw the Tennessee basketball account um, yep. doing there the, they're the OG checkered board. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're yeah, and also I saw, <laughs> I saw a video of the Tennessee players cheering in the locker room, and the entire floor is a checkered board. Yes. I'm over this checkered board. This is way too much. Let's it, get away from it now, please. It is. It's not even like a – I mean, I don't care. It's just a thing. Like, you have to have something for your – uniforms and stuff but Tennessee is kind of like a pretty big rival when it comes to things and I feel like mimicking your rival isn't the best thing like I don't want us to come up with some sort of like UK version of the L's that Louisville does I just want us to make fun of theirs we can't make fun of Tennessee with their checkerboard because we have the checkerboard it's very concerning it's terrible it's ugly you know, it's whatever. Now, what do you say to all those people? And I think I know what you're going to say. But people that say that um, they're we dumb. lost going into the tournament. They're dumb? That's, yes, that's stupid. You yeah. don't need a loss. Yeah. Well, if if we did, we got it. And, and I guess we're ready. Yeah, I guarantee the same people that were saying we need a loss are the same people saying that Cal can't coach and he cost us the game last night, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I just – stupid and and it's frustrating too because from one end you would think oh this game doesn't matter much it's towards the end of the season we already clinched the number one seed in the sec tournament and stuff like that but we're playing for ncaa tournament seeding and this took us out probably completely of having a two seed um do you well, think there's still a when chance you go to, i don't know it's a, it is frustrating when you go to halftime and they bring lenardi up and i know he's not like 
the be-all, end-all, but he sits there and says how Maryland just got beat tonight, so they're no longer a two, and Kentucky's a two. And then he says, I, he says if Kentucky wins tonight, they're going to jump ahead of Florida State. So not only are we going to be a two, we're going to be the second best two, which means we're probably going to end up in the south region, which I think last I saw had Baylor as the one seed. Um, and it was a pretty fairly good-looking bracket from the last one I saw. So now you're definitely probably long shot to get a two. And he said we had an outside shot at one. If we had one out and everybody else kind of fumbled. So, I mean, you're, you're really talking about a chance. So I think now you got a small shot at a two, um, most likely a three. But if you lose Saturday, I don't know. Yeah. We got Florida Saturday, right? At Florida. Yeah. So it's always hard to play down there. Do you think we'll have a good bounce back that we'll get focused and be ready to play for this game? I don't know. Uh, this team, I have no idea because, I mean, they lost to Evansville at one point. So, yeah, I mean, Cal, I Cal doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, Cal doesn't like it when you bring that up. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest problem with this team, even though they've been winning, is Hagens is just. I mean, he's killing them. He absolutely kills them. He takes stupid shots. I think he – it's good to have confidence, but he just seems to think he's the next, I don't know, Michael Jordan, I guess, and he just he just can't do it. I think I saw a stat where he's shooting 22% from three in SEC play, mm-hmm. and yet he still just jacks them up. Yeah. And this team really is hard to get a beat on because – I mean, even going back to the beginning of the season, like you were saying, like we beat Michigan State, we think, man, we're great. This is going fantastic. And then we lose to Evansville, and for a while we're like, oh, this isn't so well. But then recently we've been on, you know, I thought we had really turned a corner clicking at the right time. Well, losing to Tennessee at home is not really clicking at the right time, especially this year. They're not that good. Um, so, I I don't know. Hopefully they get well, – hopefully that loss will come up. Losing is one thing, but being up 17 in the second half and then losing by eight yeah. is bad. And that's a 25-point yeah. swing in the second half alone. Yeah. It, it, at the end of the game, we had one possession. I think it was our last offensive possession, if you can call it that. We're like – we somebody – one of our guards threw it off of Nick Richards' head, and then they lost mm-hmm. the ball. At, it was just – it was pretty embarrassing. That was Higgins. Yeah, pretty, pretty embarrassing there towards uh, the end. We also let Tennessee score – but they have a halftime, 32, mm-hmm. 30, 31, 32. So they scored almost 50 points in the second half. Yeah, my, my friend Thomas, the Tennessee fan I was watching with, he was saying, yeah, we haven't scored 80 all year. So thanks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's yeah, good. There you go. That <laughs> really sucks. But anyways. Um, but yesterday, Tuesday, the uh, basketball game wasn't the only thing going on. I know you care greatly about elections. I want to ask you a question. No. I want to ask you a question. So. I have some students um, at the school that I teach at that are pretty like, I don't know, libertarian, conservative people. But Utah has an open primary election, meaning that you can vote on the Democratic side if you're Republican and vice versa. And and these three guys, I'm just hoping that they didn't get beat up. I want to know how likely you think it is they got beat up because they went to the polling place to vote in the Democratic primary with T-shirts that said like, Bernie sucks and big government sucks and like taunting t-shirts towards the, uh, the democratic socialists on the other side. 
you have any what what percentage chance do you think they got i think verbally abused probably 99 percent chance but for their physical health i'm hoping that they were okay seemed like a pretty bold move yeah i'd say they probably were okay but i think that's just kind of if you ask me that's just stupid <laughs> well they are high you school. don't have to go in you don't have to go in taunting you can just go in well then how can they vote uh well they're seniors so like they're right at or I think it, they're right at 18, or I think you're allowed to vote in the primary if you're going to be 18 by the general election. So uh, I think that's one of those just just going right on a T-shirt, quit trying to stir stuff up. I, I didn't even have to leave my home to vote. In Utah, they send you a ballot to your house, and like I just filled in the bubble and sent it in. I was extremely excited. <laughs> um, man, I know nice. you, I know you don't like politics. This isn't, isn't exactly politics, uh, but the coronavirus has been really big news recently. Everybody's been talking about it. Um, well, for, like, they, and it's not just affecting you know government stuff, but there are Italian soccer games that they're playing without crowds, and they've told NBA players to like use their own pins when they autograph things and fist bump people instead of handshakes. Are you worried about the coronavirus? No. No. It it could come get you. So that guy from where was he from? Singapore. Yeah. Wherever he was, that big doctor that gave us some big speech. And of mm-hmm. course, I don't know if he's legit or not, but basically said it's less contagious and less deadly than the flu. Yeah. Okay, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, it's it's a disease, and it could be very deadly. I mean, if you get it, you could you could get hurt and, and die from it and stuff. But I if if you go around living every day thinking that you're going to get some crazy disease, then probably not living very well. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. So. Yeah, exactly. I like that philosophy. That's a good philosophy, Stephen. This is our resident doctor, uh, Dr. Hobbs. Uh, there you go. We, we appreciate that. I do get mail all the time says I'm a doctor. So Really? <laughs> Why do you get mail? Says doctor, I don't know. It says Dr. Stephen J. Hobbs, 182 Linga Station. Okay. What? Who did you lie I'm now to? A doctor. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll I, take it. I still think um, our sister and Anna. It says MD at the end of it, like that kind of doctor. Huh. That's well. Maybe you should open your own practice. You could treat the coronavirus. You could make tons of money. Um, I still think that our sister Anna should get her doctorate at some point, not the medical one, but the other, because it, it's it's not that funny. But I think it's extremely funny that she would be Doctor Butler. And then not be a medical doctor because, like, it's just it's strange names there. But it would give me joy. That's a reason to get a doctorate degree. Lots of extra money in, in schooling. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, other things I wanted to talk to you about. Have you seen this dude for Jacksonville State Snacks? Snacks. His nickname. <laughs> yep, that's kind of cool. Yeah, this for those of you who haven't seen it because I guess you don't watch sports things. Um, but Jacksonville State. Uh, they, I don't know. It was one of their last games of the year, obviously. But this team manager that had never played a game before because he's just a manager of the team comes onto the court, and this dude is as wide as he is tall. Very beefy dude. Is that is that about right, Stephen? Yeah, beefy one way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> very very large. I mean, he's a cool guy, but really really large. And he comes into the game, and like I don't think he moves more than five feet on the court. He just kind of stands there. They throw him the basketball, and he shoots, like, not a half-court shot, but, like, 
he's well behind the three-point line. It goes straight in. The whole gym goes nuts, and he just holds his hand up, reaching, you know, having his, his form going the whole time. And he's just it, – it, it's, it's quite a, a sight to behold. I saw well, another – there, There's a video that I saw on ESPN. It's his third or fourth shot of the game. It's not his first one. Really? He shoots several times, yes. Huh. He shoots several times before he makes it. Okay. I thought that makes it a little less impressive. But still, he makes yeah. a really good shot. <laughs> I thought he just yeah. walks in cold, shoots his shot, and he goes straight in. <laughs> no, I think it was his third shot. Cause I remember the people on SportsCenter were saying, Snacks got a shooter's mentality, and he shoots again. So, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw another video, though, of him um, where, like, some of his yes from the team and this dude is like extremely he's very short and very big and they must have had some weight lifters on either side of him picking him up to let him dunk there but took three of them yes (laughs) it was a it was a fun story to see um other things going on in the world of sports uh you're familiar with this new transfer or the new possible transfer rule right when it comes to ncaa Mm mm-hmm so the idea that um, you could let any student athlete transfer at least – well, they could transfer one time during their undergraduate um, career without having the penalty of having to sit out a year. Um, do you like that this might be a change? Would you be for this change in the rule? Um, yeah, I don't think I'm okay with that one. Um... The one thing I wish they would do is change it to where if their coach leaves, regardless of that rule or not, if their coach leaves, that they can transfer without penalty regardless. Um, because I think it's, I think it sucks for these kids, especially if, I mean, how many times you see in football, especially you get a commit, a kid to commit, they go to signing day and the next day their coach up and leaves and goes to another school. Now they can't withdraw their commitment from that school and go somewhere else. So they're stuck at a school where they wanted to go because of the coach and the coach is gone. So um, I think that rule will hurt some schools and help a lot of other schools. I mean, if you look at Kentucky, so say next year you need a big guy and they have that rule, you can pretty much go get any kid in the country and say, hey, come play for me next year. You don't have to sit out and you can play for Kentucky. If you're a kid who's, you know, playing it, I don't know where, I mean, any school really, you could even be playing at Western or – Dayton or schools like that, why not? Yeah, you know, you get a chance to go play for a school like Kentucky or Duke or something like that. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, because right now we already have with the grad transfers. Once you graduate, you're able to go. We've had Nate Sestina this year, which we didn't mention this. I guess it doesn't matter because it's his second senior day and he's only been here for you know a year. Mm -hmm. But that was senior day for him that that we lost to Tennessee. But but he's here. But you also have you also have a thing with that though because you can only play you can only play four seasons in five years. So it's not like you can go to school for four years, graduate, play basketball for four years, and then still transfer again. You can only do four basketball seasons in five years. Yeah. Do you think it'll hurt the competitiveness of college basketball from the top to the bottom when you have some kid at a mid-major that has a really great sophomore season and then he transfers to you know another school? No, because everybody said the one and done was going to hurt the competitiveness of college basketball. And yeah. I'm pretty sure for the last like four years, we've talked about how anybody can win every year. Yeah. You know, and I, ha- I hadn't thought about it until just now, but if a kid does well enough at a mid-major and would want to transfer, 
like if they do well enough, they, there's nothing stopping them from going straight to the NBA, like if they were that good. Mm-hmm. So it won't be everybody. You already have that issue to where if somebody does really well, then they're going to the NBA. It'll just be a little bit a lower level, you know, of a player that wants to go play for a Kentucky, a Duke, a, a North Carolina, something like that. Well, and you also get – I mean, you look at the kids that – at Kentucky that transferred out. Charles Matthews transferred to Michigan, had to sit out a full year. Wiltshire going to Gonzaga, and even got Whitney this year, who, I don't know, I guess he thinks he's going to the NBA, but should transfer to another school. Yeah. He won't have to sit out for a year. So, I mean, you know, it's there's no reason to sit out just because you're switching schools. And that's kind of bogus. Yeah, because the argument usually made is the, the coaches don't have to do that. The coach can leave whenever he feels like it and then goes to another school and right. starts coaching there, and it's no problem. So definitely, uh, I don't know, uh, possibly a, a good rule change there. Although it'll help us in basketball because we're at the top of the food chain. In football, I don't think the same will be the case. Like, we'll – I don't I, know. I still think it might be. I mean, you look at um, – I mean, you look at some of these kids that, you know, maybe uh, like this Joey Gatewood kid, say, you know, he's he came to Kentucky anyways, but – you go to a school like Auburn, you know, you go there for a year of the freshman, you go there for the year, and then all of a sudden they get some highly touted freshman like they did come in, and now you realize, man, I was supposed to I was supposed to come here and be the backup for a year and then be the starter. Well now they got this freshman and he's starting. Well now I'm sitting behind a freshman, so well, I need to leave. I need to go somewhere and play. Okay, well then I can leave and go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely true. That's always got to be a difficult decision with the guys that leave. Because think of like, um, oh, who was the guy that our quarterback that left for Ohio State that wanted to play and then never really did? Uh, Danny Clark. Uh, Gunner Hoke. Gunner Hoke was the one. Yeah. Gunner Hoke. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, so like with his situation, he leaves and goes to another school. And if he would have stayed here, he would have had a spot, you know, theoretically to play. So it's always kind of like a, I don't know, a complicated decision of go for greener grass and maybe it'll work out well, like it has with a lot of people. But he unfortunately jumped ship when he would have been like the only actual quarterback on the roster if he had stayed. Yep. But I think we did okay with uh, Mr. Bowden there. Yeah, I think I was all right with it. Yeah. Speaking of football, though, so that last rule going to be a change for the like all of NCAA sports, to my understanding, and not that it's going to be, but it's a proposed change that might be done. Um, on the football sides of things for the NCAA, I want to read off like four different rule changes to you, and you give me your reaction about them, whether or not you think that they are good rule changes or not. The first one is targeting is a big issue in uh, NCAA football, college football. And the idea is that instead of ejecting a player after targeting, that they would not be allowed to play anymore. So they're still eject- ejected, but they're allowed to stay on the sidelines after being ejected for targeting. Thoughts on this rule change? I don't really care. It, it I don't see what the big deal is them sitting on the sidelines or going to the locker room. I don't see the difference. Yeah. Um, I'm also not sure if – one targeting call should be an ejecting penalty just because so many times they're, I mean, they're going to make the correct tackle and the offensive player just dips their head just two inches and they hit him in the helmet and they eject them. I think there should be a little bit more to it, but. Yeah. 
I think there is, I think you're right. I think there is a problem with the way that targeting is called. I don't think the solution is to say you stay on the sideline. Like anything else that you get ejected for, like if you get two technicals in basketball or if you get thrown out for unsportsmanlike conduct, you have to leave and go to the locker room. I think that there's something to that. But I, I do think it'd be nice if they could change the rule to where, I mean, I don't know how you would word it, but you can tell whenever someone is trying with intent to hit somebody mm-hmm. helmet to helmet. And you can tell when the offensive player just kind of ducks down. And it's not necessarily their fault all the time. It's not necessarily the defender's fault. But that's just a – like that wasn't malice that was shown there. Maybe it should be a penalty, but I don't think people should be getting kicked out when an offensive player ducks his head at the last second. So, yeah, yeah, that's a fix to targeting. Not the one that I would say. But, you know, I don't run in CWA football. So, it's okay. Um. Other rule changes, one that says that apparently – I didn't know this was a thing. This is according to USA Today – that um, no more than two players are allowed to have the same number on uh, a football team. I thought that was already the rule, but apparently you could have had more. No, the, no, the rule they're changing to now is you can't have the same number. You can't? Okay. Well, USA Today got it wrong. Then. They said previously you yeah. could have like three or four different – No, it used to be you could have – field at the same time. Used to be you could have two, mm-hmm. so you could have an offensive player and defensive player. Now they're going to have it where you can't have that at all. No. So That's... everybody's going to be, and they're going to allow you to wear a zero now. So you're going to be able to wear a zero to ninety nine, I guess. Yeah. Or I don't even. I guess you can go to hundred, but and then that's it. Seems like a solid rule change. Seems pretty good. Um, last last rule change. Uh, that then this is probably just because of Lynn Bowden. Uh, but instead of you being able to throw a punch 61 minutes before the game and not get thrown out, now it's 91 minutes before a game before you get thrown out. So hour and a half or two hours before the game uh, is when uh, they can kick people out because of things that they're doing. Thoughts on this rule? Uh, I thought they changed it two hours before the game. Is it yeah, two see, or an hour and a half or two? I know. So KSR said – Two hours. The USA Today article I watched was or that I read said ninety minutes, but it also said that you could have um, two players on this with the, on the field with the same number. So either USA Today is wrong or KSR. I don't really know. But regardless, hour and a half or two hours. Thoughts on this rule change? Uh, it don't matter to me. Um, I mean, I'm just glad it wasn't a rule before yes. last season because <laughs> that'd been a whole different ballgame. Yeah, so. we'd have gotten killed. Yeah, but I do think, though, it's weird that we put a time limit on it. I just feel like if I don't know, like the ref should be if something happens the day of the game on the field of play, I feel like that should be something. But any, I guess they have to put some sort of uh, time limit on it there. But lastly, I want to get your thought on one more thing. Um, Have you watched any XFL football? Not much. I, I turned it on for the first time the other day. Like, I had seen stuff on Twitter about it uh, and things like that, like where they were using, um, uh, like, game console remotes to do the replay stuff, and it was, like, all very open, and you could see exactly what they were doing. They talked through it, mm-hmm. the reps did, and then went on with it. But I think I want to watch more of it, and I want to pick a team and follow it because, like, it – the they have different rules and i didn't realize how many different rules they had the only one that i noticed while i was watching um was that like their kickoffs the kicker is all the way back where he would normally be 
But then right, but the players aren't. They're really yeah, close but, together. Yeah, the rest of the players are like really close together, right at the end of the field where the receiving team is going to catch the ball, and then they all just stand mm-hmm. there until the dude catches the ball, and then they go. And that seemed so interesting. I wonder if it's like, I don't know if that's like a safety thing where maybe they don't have as high speeds, you know, when they're going, which is probably good. But it's just interesting when you have, like, it'd be hard to convince a whole group of NFL fans, because the NFL is so big, like, that we're going to make a major rule change like that. But when you have your own league and you're just kind of starting out, I guess you can do different stuff like that. But I I, want to follow the XFL. It looks fun. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Dallas team is coached by Hal Mummy, who used to coach at Kentucky, and their kicker is Austin McGinnis, who used to kick it at Kentucky. So oh, that's my team. That's my team then. Also, I'm not 100% sure if Hal Mummy coaches it, but I'm pretty sure he coaches it. Well, he's a coach of one of the teams. He broke his um, leg or something. Leg the other, game. Yeah, and like still coached. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, even if he didn't have a Kentucky connection, that's my guy. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's insane, but but that's pretty cool. I'd probably if I broke my leg while I was teaching, I think I'd probably go home. Um, you know, yes, and, you know, we saw what you did when you broke your leg. So oh, whatever, you you've been responsible for my broken bones. So it's, that's not true. That was you. No, I I don't believe you. But anywho, well, I I think that's about enough for for a podcast. There, hopefully, we'll do another one when we haven't lost. Uh, that well, we're doing one after we win the title then. There we go. There we go. Um, but uh, Stephen, thanks for joining. It's been a blast. Yep. See you the next time. All right. See you guys later. <laughs>